Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Pittsburgh Steeler fans. Oh, it is time once again for another episode of the phenomenon we call bad language. Now, nobody else really calls it a phenomenon, but I do because in my house, it's a phenomenon that I'm just recording something and not just sitting on the couch, doing nothing, watching old Pittsburgh Steeler games from 1982. Yeah, I do that a lot. And I've kind of ruined my family because that's all I do now. No, that's not true, but it sounds funny. Now, you can picture me wearing nothing but a terrible towel, just hanging out on the couch, eating Cheetos. Cheetos are good. I like them. Anyways, do you want to know my name? At this point, probably not, but I'm going to go ahead and give it to you. I am Brian Anthony Davis. I am the podcast producer here at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And as you know, BTSC is not just your one-stop shop for all of your Pittsburgh Steelers informational needs. It is your nonstop shop. I'm telling you what, we go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. If there's a leap year, we throw on that extra one to get to 366. We're not afraid to do so. Now, we go on Christmas. We go on Thanksgiving. We go all year round. It's not a problem with us. That's what we do. We know that you bleed black and gold and we know that you crave information about your Pittsburgh Steelers. So that's what we do here. 
The practice squad is finally finalized in Pittsburgh. That's exciting. That means the 2022 Steelers at this point, that lineup is set. So something to talk about. We are less than six days away. Well, actually less than a week away, if you want to be. I mean, we're about six. We're actually officially, when I'm recording this, we're about six days and a couple hours. And when you're listening to this for a first time, it is noon on Labor Day. But we're that close to the Steelers and the Bengals on September 11th. So I cannot wait for that game. I know I've been saying that like crazy. And the odds are against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And we're going to talk about that. But listen, it is Labor Day. The 128th Labor Day in the history of the United States. And if you're in Canada, I believe you're celebrating Labor Day as well as they do the first weekend of September up north in the great white north. I got to think about the McKenzie brothers every time I think of Canada. So anyways, that's what they're doing up there. They're doing it down here too. And it's become a three-day weekend. It has become the unofficial end of summer. But what is Labor Day? Well, it used to be May Day when a lot of countries, and they still do, most countries celebrate the labor force in May. And we have, in the, the United States of America, we have officially made it a federal holiday and celebrated since 1894. How about those apples? That's really interesting. And you're probably wondering, hey, bad, why are we talking about the history of Labor Day? I'm not going to be on Jeopardy and that. Now, I get it. I understand. I have no problem with that. But the reason I'm telling you that is, well, I'm probably going to play trivia tonight. And that might come up and I'll be like, eh. it all started with the Haymarket affair in Chicago on May 4th, 1886. I'll be like, Brian, you win. And I'll be celebrating with my hot wings. And it'll be great. But no, what does Labor Day have to do with the Pittsburgh Steelers? Well, when I was growing up, Labor Day weekend meant the start of the Pittsburgh Steelers season. I remember specific games. I remember 1983. And John Elway making his debut and beating the Pittsburgh Steelers 14 to 10, I believe it was, in Three River Stadium. And I was at a Labor Day party on a Sunday. And the great thing back then is you were at picnics a lot of the time on Sunday of Labor Day weekend. Sometimes it was Monday, very rarely was it Saturday, but you were celebrating all weekend. And everybody, Dudes and ladies, they were hanging out in the living room by the TV, usually between 1 and 4 p.m. Pittsburgh time, and they were watching the Stillers, and it was glorious. I could tell you about a lot of week ones that happened during Labor Day. I could talk about 1987 when the Steelers shocked the world. Well, not really the world, but they beat the San Francisco 49ers, and that was a big deal. Labor Day weekend, 1987. I could tell you about Labor Day weekend, 1984, 
when the Steelers lost to the Chiefs, but Jack Lambert had a turf toe injury in that game, and that was the beginning of the end of a great career. I can tell you about that. I can tell you about one of my favorite Labor Day weekends. I was actually in college at the time, and we were gathering there, but I didn't live far from where I grew up, probably about 15 minutes. And I was there watching the Steelers and the Oilers and a guy that was younger than most of my professors, Bill Cower, making his Steelers debut and shocking the football world. A lot of people thought they were going to go four and 12 that year. I think sports illustrated had them last place and odds on favorite for the number one draft pick in 1993, which I guess the Steelers would have chosen at that time. Drew Bledsoe. But now, Bill Cowher is like, nah, not going to happen. You know why? Because that team went 11 and five. They had odds against them. They were, they're, their Vegas odds were plus 6,000. And that's what we're going to talk about today when we talk about the Steelers. But when we talk about labor and Labor Day, I'm not talking about anybody given birth. I'm talking about the birth of a season. And I'm talking about the workforce, which is your Pittsburgh Steelers. Believe it or not, I know they're millionaires. I know they make a lot of money. I know Uncle Fred doesn't think they should make that much money. I get it. Never pay anybody that much. Well, I, I get it, Uncle Fred. But they're a workforce too. And this workforce just happens to be on stage. And what they're doing is different than actors and actresses and singers. Because what actors and actresses and singers and performers do doesn't really affect your mood. We as Steeler Nation and football fans across the world, even though I abhor Colin Coward when he labeled football fans as fanatics. He was absolutely correct. We are fanatics, and it's short. Fan is short for fanatic. And fanatics can go a little haywire. We know that. But all I'm saying about this is as fans, we sometimes invest way too much and get really bent out of shape when the Steelers make a move we don't like. And I know we feel like we're stockholders in the company. In a way, we may be. Yeah, I mean, we are in a way. Because we buy the merchandise, we buy the tickets, we feel like we're a part of it. And when the decisions are made from the board of directors, we as shareholders are going to complain. And hey, that's all right. We're allowed to do that as fans. Doesn't mean that they're going to do what we want them to do. And that's fine. But this labor, this workforce, they're working for their families. They're just in a different time zone than we are. Bottom line, it's just completely different. 
you know, when Latrell Sprewell in 2004 said, you know, they're locking us out of the NBA and I can't afford to feed my family. I know we look at that and we're like, are you kidding me? I get that. But everybody in that locker room was keeping up with some kind of Joneses. I'm not talking Julio Jones. I'm just talking about if you have a rookie walking in through the door and they're making a minimum rookie salary, which is still something we would kill for. A lot of us would not kill, but we would, we dream of what a rookie salary would be, but they're trying to keep up with the Tom Brady's making all this money. They really are. So they're, they're just in a different area. And a lot of these, these players came from nothing and immediately had something and they don't know how to manage it and they don't know what to do, but that's not what we're talking about here. All I'm saying is they're a workforce. We celebrate those guys as laborers as well on this labor day. And I have no problem working on labor day, talking to you. I'm going to go ahead and finish this up and then hang out with my family. Jeff Hartman had no problem working on Labor Day, recording Let's Ride. Make sure you go check out that show. As always, a great show. He talks about maybe it's time the Steelers address the offensive line. And we had some great shows over the weekend, too. Touchdown Under with Matt Peverell and Mark Davison. The boy band of BTSC, Marky D and Matty P. Kevin Tate. And his buddies, I believe Pay was on, Big G, B-Dirt, representing all of the AFC North. That's a great show. Check that show out. By the way, happy birthday over the weekend for my man, Kevin Tate, here at BTSC. Also, Tony Defio had his show. Always a good show. State of the Steelers. With newcomer Daniel J. Really good show. The Man in Shades. I swear if he gets a video show, we're going to have to play Sunglasses at Night. Because the guy, his signature look is always having shades. Like it. I think that's awesome. Everybody needs to have a signature look. I have a signature look. It's called Fat Guy with Curly Hair. That's my signature look. I'm good with it. But what we're talking about here is the labor force of the Pittsburgh Steelers getting ready for the season. And the odds are against this team. We talked about the odds of the 1992 team and Bill Cowher, where everybody thought they were going to be terrible. That was plus 6,000. We could go back to other years. We can go back to the year of 2000. And the Steelers were coming off of two losing seasons. Their quarterback was going to be either Kent Graham or Cordell Stewart. They almost made the playoffs, but they started off horribly. I believe 0-3, if I'm not mistaken. And everybody agreed, hey, this team's not going to be good. 7,500 plus 7,500 was the preseason odds for that 2000 team. In 2001, those odds were not much better. They were a little bit better. They were plus 5,000. Nobody expected that team to do anything. 
what did that 2001 team do? Well, that was the September 11th season. They did not play their, they had three weeks off between their first and second game because of a bye and because of the tragedy. They didn't start off fantastic, but they ended 13 and three. Went to the AFC championship game. Bill Belichick had his little cameras going. Jerome Bettis said, hey, it seemed like they knew everything we were doing before we even did it. Yeah, there's a reason for that. It was called Spygate, Bussy. Bus didn't know that at the time. Bus hasn't complained about it since, but I'm still complaining about it. That was just a terrible football game to be in the stands for, which I was. Long ride home, but it's without saying. They've had other odds that were not so favorable in great years. And they've had different odds. What are odds? They're just they're just a number. Because of that great year in 2001, their preseasons were plus 800. That was pretty darn good for that team. Going into Ben Roethlisberger's year, rookie year, they were not really too far behind, and they were starting over with a rookie quarterback at 3,000, plus 3,000. You know what they did in that rookie season? Because of what they did in that rookie season, the Super Bowl odds were plus 1,200 the next year, and they won the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl odds going into the next time that they won the Super Bowl were plus 1,800 as well. What are the Super Bowl odds for the Pittsburgh Steelers of 2022? Well, they're the lowest posted. You've got to go back to 1972 and the Steelers have not had a worse starting odds in the preseason. The reason I don't know anything, but I'm sure they were back in the 60s. It's just not posted. I can't find them. If somebody could find those for me, I would be grateful. I bet you Dave Schofield could find them. Dave Schofield could find any information. The guy, and he works for it too. He just doesn't come easy to him. He works hard and finds them. In fact, I had to call him before this show. I said, hey, Dave, what are the odds? And he said, hey, according to um, DraftKings, DraftKings saying plus 9,000. Pro Football Reference, where I'm getting all these other numbers, are saying plus 8,000. That is still worse than any other year that I could find. Nobody believes in Mitch Trubisky after being with the Chicago Bears and Buffalo Bills. Nobody believes that he could do anything. Nobody believes in Kenny Pickett. after five years at the University of Pittsburgh, because he's got small hands. That's what they're saying. That his hands are too small on that. I don't care that Joe Burrow had small hands and took him to the Super Bowl on that, but Kenny's got smaller hands. It's a big deal. Well, sure, I guess. Nobody believes. Nobody believes in the offensive line, and right now that's a hard thing to do. I get it. It's a real hard thing to do because the offensive line – 
is not thriving. Does not look good. I will say that I believe in the offensive line a lot better than I did two weeks ago. I think they look a little bit better. Nobody believes in Devin Bush Jr. Nobody believes that the Steelers can stop the run. Well, what do you think that Devin Bush believes in? What do you think that Cam Hayward and those guys on the defensive line think about themselves? What do you think DeMarvin Leal thinks? DeMarvin Leal, if you ask him, probably thinks, yeah, I can get to the quarterback. I can stop the run. You'll see when I get that chance. What do you think the offensive line thinks? What do you think the front office thinks? They're like, all right, I see you think that we're not that good. Well, we're trying to improve. We're bringing in a Jesse Reed. What do you think Jesse Reed thinks? We're going to go ahead. Excuse me, Jesse Davis. I called him Jesse Reed because I needed to call him Malik Reed. I hope that's his name. I've been messing things up lately. I've I've had a blow to the head, I think. Malik's thrilled to be here in Pittsburgh. He thinks it's his calling to be here in Pittsburgh. I love it. I love that that guy thinks that. My question to you, what do you think that 1992 team, that 2000 team, 2005, 2008, what they thought? going into that season when the odds were set where they were. They thought that they can do it. And this team, I'm sure, thinks too. We're going to talk more about that and say that, you know, like it or not, for better or worse, this is your 2022 Pittsburgh Steelers. And we're going to talk about the faith to go around that and what to expect going all the way up to the middle of January when hopefully the Pittsburgh Steelers are playing a playoff game. We're going to talk about that next on, you know what it is. It's bad language from behind the steel curtain. What? What? Behind the steel curtain. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. The worst looking man you've ever seen. And there I am on the subway train. Oh, the sweet, the sweet sounds of the Jerry Cherry band. Thank you, Jerry Cherry, for allowing us that great music. I love it, especially this. I'm the only one that uses worst looking man. Look, I'm not the worst-looking man you've ever seen. I'm <laughs> pretty close, but I don't have a problem with that. Hey, it's Brian Anthony Davis. This is Bad Language, and we are so glad that you are here with us. It is Labor Day 2022, 
And Labor Day for me always would signify, and we talked about this at the beginning of the show, it would signify the start of the Pittsburgh Steelers season. And I would watch the Steelers on Labor Day weekend. That's that's what it meant. You'd watch college football on Saturday. And then on Sunday, it was the Steelers. And I can't remember when that actually changed. It was somewhere in the early 2000s, I believe, when it officially became a thing where they would wait another week. And I know that gives college football their own weekend to open things up. I know that gives the NFL their own weekend. I I still hate it. That's one of the things I wish they would go back to. The NFL would go back to, just like I wish that the Steelers would go back to block numbers. Don't know if either's ever going to happen. Well, I think the Steelers would go back to block numbers before anything else would happen. But let's talk about those Steelers of 2022. Jeff Hartman, as I mentioned before, talked about the offensive line and how it's time to invest heavily into that offensive line. I agree wholeheartedly with Jeff. Go back and listen to that show. It's great. I'm not going to step on his toes. All I'm going to say is, no, this offensive line is not where we as fans and the Steelers want it to be. I know I've been beating this like Barbaro, dead horse. All right. If I offended any horses, I apologize, but I know I've been just harping on this like crazy. And the bottom line to the whole thing is 2008, those Pittsburgh Steelers, they were plus 1,800. They won the Super Bowl with a line that might not be as good as this one. But guess what? You cannot take away being a Super Bowl champion from any of those guys. You can't take it away from Justin Hartwig. You can't take it away from Willie Cologne. You're not taking it away from Darnell Stapleton, Max Starks, Chris Kimioatu. You're not taking it away from those guys. If I missed anybody, I do apologize. Hey, if I was a Super Bowl champion and I and you were saying that I was the worst Super Bowl champion you've ever seen, I'd be like, boys, look at my hands. I'm still a Super Bowl champion. Because you know what? They found a way. Even though they were low-ranked, they found a way to open holes. They found a way to protect Ben Roethlisberger. There's nothing in my mind that thinks that Dan Moore Jr. and Shooks for don't think that they can do this job. And they're going to fight not to prove you wrong, but to prove themselves right. And prove to the city of Pittsburgh that, hey, whoever the quarterback is, we've got their back. You don't think that James Daniels has heard us talk and then, oh, well, I guess he wasn't the answer after just a couple preseason games. If I'm James Daniels, I'm saying, all right, I get it. Yeah, I'm not where I want to be yet. But I know I can get there. But gosh, no one's giving him a, a chance right now. That's it. Put a chip on this man's shoulder. Go ahead. I love it. Put a chip on Kevin Dotson's shoulder, saying that he was a one-hit wonder, and he's not capable of doing it. 
Go ahead and disrespect Mason Cole. Go ahead. Is this the ideal offensive line for the Pittsburgh Steelers? No. But like it or not, for better or worse, this is your Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line. Like it or not, for better or worse, Devin Bush, Robert Spillane, and Miles Jack are your inside linebackers. Like it or not. And this isn't me shaming you for thinking that. Like I said, you're stockholders. You're allowed to say that you're displeased with something. You wish it could be better. But I don't know how many times I can say it. You're not going to have an A-plus stable everywhere you go on this team. I think this team has so many stables and units or squads on this team that are A's or B's. I can honestly say that. I think if you break it all down, your running back is an A. Your quarterbacks, I'll put them as low as a B, which I think they've got A potential, the P word. The wide receivers and tight ends are A's. Offensive line's not. You go to the defense, I think your defensive line is a B. I think your linebackers as a whole are a B. With the defensive player of the year, they could be an A. And that includes your inside linebackers. I think the defensive backfield is pretty darn good. I'm going to give them an A minus, maybe a B. You're like, bad, we have got no corners in that. Yeah, I, I know. You've got Minka Fitzpatrick and you've got a lot of guys like Levi Wallace and Akello Witherspoon and Cam Sutton who know how to ball. And when you put those ingredients together, you've got a pretty good damn cookie. Are you going to eat flour alone? Are you going to eat raw egg alone? No, I'm going to eat semi-sweet chocolate chips alone. But when you put them all together and you bake them, you take them out of the off oven and they're gooey and hot and you've got a glass of milk there. Oh my gosh. That's sex with a supermodel type exhilaration. I'm not afraid to say it. Shows bad language. I can say that stuff. If I made you uncomfortable, if you just pictured me having sex with a supermodel eating a, a hot gooey cookie and a glass of milk, then I ain't apologizing for that either. But it's an audio show, so some of you don't know what I look like. Well, that's a good thing. Like it or not, this is your Pittsburgh Steelers team. Like it or not, you don't have a superstar quarterback. Like it or not, Ben Roethlisberger's not here. I thank Ben Roethlisberger for 18 years of labor on this team. And I appreciate everything he did. I celebrate those championships. I welcome him back to the locker room and the sidelines. Just don't disrespect anybody. Don't say the players aren't the same as what they were. Don't go back to the... Don't be the old man shaking your fist at a cloud. Be a part of the solution. 
I love that Franco Harris was there this week. This is the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. And it's the 39th anniversary of Franco who and him leaving. But for better, the good times and the bad times, Franco's a stealer. Good times and bad times, Ben's a stealer. Good times and bad times, guess who's a stealer? Kevin Dotson is. Chooks a core for us. They're stealers. And I'm rooting hard for these guys. Odds are against these guys. But what have the Pittsburgh Steelers done in the past when the odds were against them? They thumbed their nose at it. They didn't care. They won Super Bowls. They went to AFC Championship games. They fought for the playoffs. They did all of that stuff. And it was glorious. And now, years later, we're talking about those teams. Not all of them won big, won the whole thing. And that's cool. We get it. But they also didn't go below 500 any of those seasons. And I know that's not a big deal to you anymore. It's win or don't win. I know people are tired of Mike Tomlin not having a losing season. I think some people want him to have a losing season so they can say that there it is. No, you celebrate the fact that the man has gone 15 and maybe will go plus of never having a losing season. Nobody else in the history of this league's done it like he has. Celebrate that. For better or worse, that's your coach. You're not leaving. You can complain and that's fine. But I'm here to give you some perspective. And I'm here to give you this. I can't wait to see what these underdogs do. Because whether it's a poker chip, whether it's a tortilla chip, whether it's a cow chip, if it's on your shoulder, it's a chip. I want the Pittsburgh Steelers to have chips on their shoulders. And guess what? I want their chips to grow chips, to grow little bitty chips, to be one big giant collective chip that pisses them off and says, you don't believe in us? That's fine. But when they're holding up a sticky Lombardi at the end of the season, hopefully they do. I'm not saying they're going to. But when they do, when they say nobody believed in us, you can say right now, you know, I did. But don't lie about it. Just say, yep, I did. I believe in this team. I believe in chips. I believe in the underdog. And I don't believe in odds. I think odds are great to get a team motivated. I think odds could also bring a team down. Oh, we're odds on favorites. We can coast through this. Yeah. I think that's a possibility too. Phil Collins had a song called Against All Odds. Take a look at me now was the subtitle to that in parentheses. Don't you want to take a look at this team in February and say, take a look at me now. Against all odds, sometimes it's a beautiful thing. This has been Behind the Steel Curtains, Bad Language. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. We will be here for all of your Pittsburgh Steelers coverage. And for better or worse, I ain't apologizing for nothing.